Uh, you also shit your pants that night, Trey. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, thanks for reminding me. you didn't come up, man. Glad you didn't come yeah. out. I shit my pants. <laughs> so you were sitting, you were sitting I was, down. I was driving the van. So that's the stain that's in the seat to this. Oh, there's uh, one else. So you could what, what did you do? Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. like driving Need naked. a van, Adam? Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> What's up, y'all? I'm Trey Lewis, and this is my podcast, DM Monday. I'm here with uh, co-host Matt Burrill and Trey Bonner. What's up? How y'all doing? Good. Good? Doing good. Yeah, I'm just living that single life, baby. Yeah, single again, Looking again, skinny. again. Yeah, yes. yeah, I'm on a diet. Uh, I'm on uh, week three. Fuck yeah. I've lost 13 pounds. That's solid. That's awesome. I've been going to the gym. You've been going like twice a day some days, right? Yeah, or playing disc golf. By the way, I beat your ass in disc golf. <sighs> I Did played with Colton uh, Venner? Venner yesterday. and um, Is he good? He's good, man, but uh, I won. Damn. I almost fell apart on the on the, on the the last round. We played two rounds, and I think I was plus two. He was like plus seven. So That's still pretty solid. It was still pretty good, but I was very disappointed in some of my throws, but had some nice putts. But, yeah, man, I'm interested in uh, – I don't know if I'm – well, I guess I'm enjoying single life. I'm – yeah, it seems like you're bettering yourself. Yeah. You're not going out there just looking for stuff. You're just yeah, doing yeah, I'm not, you. It's not like I'm critter crawling or anything like that. No. Um, I feel like that's just putting, you know, a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. To say. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But I did, however, um, where's that sound coming from? Damn, over there jamming to that '90s country. It threw um, me off my iPad. I thought off. it was Lucas. So I was just gonna kill him right here. Uh, That's definitely no. McElwain. First day on the set, you're over there fucking playing sounds. Man. I'm just kidding. Damn avocado socks. McElwain um, for sure. McElwain. But no, man, I'm just not. I'm not gonna let it ruin me. And uh, I've actually, I actually went on a date. So how was that? That was awesome. Hottest girl I've ever been on a date with. That's good. I remember going home and telling Ella, my roommate, I was like, I just went on the hottest date. I just went on a, a date with the hottest girl I've ever been on a date with. And Now, was this the date where you came to, you came to end yeah, the round? Yeah, y'all saw her. Y'all yeah. met her. We got, hot, we got you right? a reserved yeah. table and everything. There. Yeah. I wrote a song about her. Pretty cool. It's called I Met a Girl Last Night. That's but cool. Anyways, <laughs> make a long story short, after I told Ella that, I started thinking. I was like, you know, she probably told her friends. I just went on a date with the fattest guy I ever went on a date with last night. <laughs> yeah, nah. Hey, dude, the dad bod's in. Girls like that shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about all that. They do. They do. I've been cooking. You've been cooking? I've been cooking. With, with yeah. goggles. Dude, I can't with the goggles. I can't tell if you're fucking goggles. cooking or swimming. Well, listen, so originally I was cutting onions, and I'm like, I'm not trying to cry on this bitch. So, <laughs> you cry anyway, though. Yeah, but like not, uh, you <laughs> yeah, know. I'm like swimming goggles. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Dude, it fucking, I didn't cry at all. I was cutting the onions. <laughs> it was awesome. Christ. And then I got like 20 DMs. I was like, fuck it. I guess I got to do it again tomorrow. It's your, yeah. new, your new point of content. Another, now, what's been the wildest concoction that you've cooked up? Oh, uh, dude, I mean, I'm pretty much just eating pasta with like Greek yogurt on it. And then like what? a meat. Yeah, I saw this uh, bodybuilder on TikTok eating it. I was like, that's easy enough. You just fucking scoop that shit into a bowl. Look, y'all are going to hate on me for this, but I've been um, 
You know, but I'm on diet, so that means I've been cooking all my own food. Y'all saw me this weekend. Well, you didn't, but you saw me on the this weekend on the road. I had my my food, yeah, you know, packaged up, and but I've been cooking steaks in the air fryer. Those are pretty bumping, dude. It's the I mean, it's like they're crispy. Yeah, it's fast. Like you can cook it medium rare, real easy. You guys are cooking your own stuff up and like doing this health grind, and I need to be doing that. Um, it's cool, man. You got Adderall, so I, you're good. I realize, yeah. I I realize that I am. This is probably the biggest like piece of sh- like really a real piece of shit yeah. thing. You're like a skinny we, burrow. I know, but we were coming back from uh, from West Virginia, and we stopped at that Loves, yeah. and we all went in, and they had a 24 hour McDonald's, and that's like just my go to when I'm coming back late from town because my medicine I don't eat during the day a lot of times so i like get my my mcchicken and my mcdouble whatever sweet boys seen it before but dude do we went we went we were waiting in the mcdonald's and the loves and i'm standing there with ben and these other guys that ben's in there german ben ben germ ben's germ game was at an all-time high this weekend by the way shout out to ben talking to everybody being the ultimate people person but i realized i'm a huge piece of shit because i have the mcdonald's rewards app on my phone oh wow Uh, dude like that that to me is like like chick-fil-a is one thing because who doesn't love jesus chicken amen but like The, having the McDonald's app on your phone, and I mean, it got me a free McChicken, but I was just like, like You gotta ben, follow George from McDonald's on TikTok. Ben looked at me like, dude, you really have that app on your phone? I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, I got reward points and everything. You have like, like every reward points of every restaurant. You know, McDonald's, they did away with the long chicken tenders. Yeah, they're the chicken selects. Yeah, the dude, Mc, those were fire. The, the McRib will be coming back hell? around eventually. There's like a, what do you mean? Like they don't a, have the just like a chicken fingy. They the don't sele- have chicken tendies? No. No, the selects, the, selects, the, selects, the selects are out of season. It's just the yeah. nuggets. Yeah, it's lame. So, yeah, I realized. Who started that? Taco Bell? Like changing the the menu up and stuff? Oh, I feel like McDonald's has always had it. Like, the McRibs had its yeah, season. Yeah, the McRibs had the chicken season. Fr- the chicken I've actually never eaten a McRib. I haven't either. We'll have to do that next either. time. Next time disgusting. it's in season, we'll have to do it. I bet you McElwain's The worst thing is a fish sandwich. And Mitch Dude, loves sandwich the fish sandwich. The fish Bro, Arby's got them bumping fish sandwiches. I don't think I'll ever be hungry enough or have the munchies enough for a fucking um, fish sandwich, right? For a fish sandwich, like I'll never eat at Captain D's. I'll no, never no, eat. fuck that. Like that Captain, count, Captain, yeah. Captain D's is like if I'm gonna eat fast food, like fish, I'm going. I'm gonna go. To I'm ne- but I, I just Cap- don't think I could ever eat fast food. Cap- fast food, Captain fish. Disease, make you just shit yeah, all have over you ever yourself. Captain D's nuts. Yep. When was no, the last time? No. You had, when was the last time you had <laughs> Captain D's? It's been a minute, but dude, I used to eat that shit all the time back home. Really? Yeah, I mean, I would eat it back home too. There's one in Gardendale. My dad used to take us to Captain uh, Disease. After church? No, on it was like Tuesday nights or something because it was kids ate free. <laughs> That's hilarious. I remember you know, when I first. Him and my mom went through, a, you know, when they got divorced, he was broke as shit. So we'd take me and my sister to Captain <laughs> Disease. That's, That's what funny. we called it. Yeah, because I remember when I first moved to town, like. The fast food, there's a lot more fast food down here. There just, yeah. just is because it's just, I don't know if it's just just quicker or, or what. What, great. what the fish what, sandwich from McDonald's is like, yeah, it's just like, if you're going to go there and if you're going to go that route, it's just like, give me two fish sandwiches with nothing to drink. It's like, fish <laughs> fillets. It's like the, the, the saltine cracker challenge. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Pure gluttony, just horrible, horrifying. But I remember getting like, seeing the coupons that would come in the mail and seeing for like, Seeing for Captain D's, and I remember asking my old roommate Dakota, like, "Hey, dude, we got this. Like, buy one get one at Captain D's. Like, let's go." And he was like, "Dude, don't fucking go there." The I'm crab like, Why cakes, not? dude. The, I'm the, like, the, like the way they fry their fish is just nothing but fried. Maybe just a little bit of mystery meat. I'll, it's great. I'll tell you what, my that least, my good. least favorite fast food, like my biggest, like, why the fuck is this a thing? Is Fazoli's. 
Fazoli's Fazoli's just makes me mad because as a guy that that grew up with good Italian food, I'm like, I'm not going to eat a chicken parm for three ninety nine. Well, that's the thing, bro. You go in there, you get that. You don't touch your food. You fill up on breadsticks, then you have another meal for later. That's what we used to do when I worked at Toys R Us. You know, something to eat when you get high. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't want to eat Fazoli's. I'd rather go to McDonald's. But like, it's the things. quality of like a Michelin microwavable meal. What what the fuck's Michelin? Like the microwavable meals. The things like we the have brand. in the bus in the freezer. Oh, it's literally the brand. The things that, the things that Colin kid ate the whole week. He was what with were us. They? The, those little green meal things. The, the ziti. Did we buy yeah, those or like are like they a, for Jason? I yeah, thought I Jason bought them. those. They're, they're, they're decent. Oh, they're bus stuck? ate ravioli out of the can. Like not even heated up or anything. Oh, dude. I'll do that. I thought they were Jason's. That's why I never touched them. No, anything in there is fair game unless it's in somebody's cabinet. Oh, I thought those were Jason's. That's what I've learned. What'd you think of this weekend, though? West Virginia. It was fun, man. There wasn't, you know, like a ton of people there, but it was really cool to see Lainey. Haven't seen her in a while. We just called up, and then I got to meet the real TL. Yeah. You know, Trey Landon, he's another country artist. If you don't know who he is, go check out his music. We bumped it when we were in Beanville. Yeah, we did. Like, nonstop. Um, but, uh, uh, the real, the real TL. Me and me and Trey Landon always kind of go back and forth about who's the real TL. And I told him the other day, I said, "Look, man, look, there's only one real TL. It's Tracy Lawrence. You know, yeah. He's a, he, you know, he got a mention in a Luke Combs song. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, dude. And I didn't, re- I forgot how many hits that guy has. Like throughout his whole yeah. set, we were standing out and there, it, and-, and it's like we've opened for a lot of people especially in the last year or so, but it's like, I don't ever expect to like meet the headliner, yeah. but like his tour manager was like, Hey, Tracy wants to meet you. And I was like, we were like, cool. And then I went over to his bus and we walked in and we just sat down and had a conversation. We're laughing. I'm going to be on his podcast, That's which awesome. is, I can't remember T- what it's called. TL's Roadhouse. TL's Roadhouse. Yeah. He does it on his bus. We've got a show coming up with him August 4th. Yep. What's it called? Uh, County Line Country Fest. County Line Country Fest in Wisconsin. Yep. He's on that as so, well. Yeah. Yep. Nice. So we're going to get there early. I'm going to do the podcast and then we're going to play the show. And then me and McElwain are going to head off on an adventure to. Go play Kid Rock shows. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to drive the bandwagon back. I know, man. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, that's part yeah. of part of being the tour yeah. manager. You know, you do you do what you got to do. So, but man, yeah. it was cool. His set was really fun to watch. All those hits and just all those people just love it, man. It was cool. That's yeah, awesome. and and it was it was really cool to see the just the appreciation that people had for us being there. Like yeah. the meet and greet. There were a lot of people there. It moved moved along really quick, but yeah, we had the bagel video go viral on uh, TikTok. Yeah, Mitch uh, told me he's like, "I bet you won't say bagel when you walk on stage." And I was like, "Have your camera ready." And it's the first thing I said. Yeah, and it was really cool to see the the rest the gruesome twosome yeah, back. back, like the the energy of that show, and it was it felt really good. If I never hear the quote. You don't deserve to see Tracy Lawrence again. I'll be all right. Yeah, Mitch Mitch Goshi had a really good time. And he good he's time. that floral pantsuit. I'm waiting for the day that he wears that on stage. Yeah. His floral his floral getup. Yeah. Like his pure hoss cat. Getup. He thinks he can't wear shorts. I don't care if the guys wear shorts. Look at me. Yeah. I'm wearing shorts. I never even pack pants when we go on the road. Only reason I'm wearing pants hey, here is because I can't work. I got to tell you all the story. It's funny. I was writing at Sony the other day with Davis Corley. And we're sitting outside. And you know Davis is like red hair, super pale. And he goes, I go, man, I've never seen you wear shorts. And he was like, honestly, I, I never wore shorts. One day I put them on, and I looked down at my legs, and they looked like me. And I, 
He yeah. said he said they look like McDonald's straws. He's a he's a he's a he's a pasty pasty country boy, dude. He was like, but it's like a hundred degrees, so I warmed it up. But I just fell out laughing. McDonald's straws. How often do you wash your jeans? My coworker asked me this. Uh, now that I have more than one pair, I wash them every, like after every weekend. For real. I yeah. used to do that, and then I was told that that was bad for the jeans. Yeah, I'm scared. I've, so I haven't now, washed these since I got them, and I don't want like You the, also don't wash your fucking bed sheets. You don't yeah. wash anything, Bonner. Your yeah. water bill's got to be you like $2. wonder why you're still single. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want the, like, the dye to like wear out, and then they'll be like different color, you know? Yeah, my black jeans don't. I wash them all the time. I wash my they're black they're ones. a little bit. Because I wear. They're kind of faded. Yeah, I bring them on the road. I'm like, well, they're disgusting. Well, I try to bring them on the road. They don't ever make it into the suitcase, but I try to bring them. Whenever I do, I wash my road shit because it smells bad. I was going to say, Bonner, you don't even. You wear the same outfit for three days in a row. Yeah, I don't think I've ever worn I've, them. I've found myself doing that a lot recently. Wearing my. Like, where not. My hygiene on the road has not been very good. Oh, yeah. dude, I don't shower on the road. Fuck it. It's fine. I try to. There's just never any water when I go to the band. Especially right now when it's hot and we're like playing outside. It's yeah, like, that's fuck, fair. You know? Yeah. I do at the Kid Rock shows, but like the bandwagon, there's just no water in there ever. Yeah. Well, we, we, we do our best to do that. You just got to get yeah, in. You just, just got to be the first yeah, one in there. Fired. <laughs> you just, you just, you just got to get in there early. I mean, you, you spend, you spend 90% you, of the time on the bandwagon. As long as you should be getting in the shower. As long you. as you don't get in there after me, because when I get in there, I'm like, I'm paying for this motherfucker. I'm going to stand under, under this as long as I want to. Yeah, that you, sounds good. Yeah, if you can get in there before Trey. Oh, I'm not that shape. concerned about showering. <laughs> We're on a Wednesday, Sunday rotation. We've got it. We've got a great guest today. Yeah, we've got a great guest today. He's one of my heroes. Um, I'll never forget when Alex first started managing me. I was probably like a year into the deal of, you know, just grinding all the time. And, you know, I'll see my guys that were like, you know, in the same circuit as me. And they were like crushing it and having songs do well. And my songs weren't doing shit. And I just remember being like, man, what do we got to do? Like, I didn't want to quit. I wasn't going to say I was going to quit, but I was just kind of like discouraged. He mm. was like... Man, look at Adam Hood. Look at guys like Corey Smith. Those guys are grinders. They never give up. And just from there on out, like, this guy, Adam Hood, became my fucking, like, not my God, but just, like, who I modeled myself after, you know? I like, feel, I, I wanted to wanted to um, work like he did, you know? Yeah, I feel like you, for anybody that's come out of Alabama in the last 10 to 15 years, I feel yeah. like everybody is influenced by Adam mm -hmm. Hood, whether it's you, whether it's Riley, whether it's whether it's the Muscanine guys, everybody says that Adam Hood is a part of yeah, them his, his, wanting to do what they're doing. His music's great. His songwriting ability is great. And he's just an overall good guy, too. Yeah. And he worked very hard to get to where he is. Yeah, and he's worked very, very hard to get where he's at. And that's what we love. So here's our interview with Adam Hood. Adam Hood in the house. Y'all give it up for him. Yes, give it up for yeah, me, hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I just went and worked out today. I'm on this weight train loss thing. and Yeah. You know, I got broken up with, so. Congratulations. Yeah. Welcome to the club. We <laughs> so. were just talking about I have other friends that have gotten broken up with, yeah. too. Not me. I'm good. I'm married. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. legal if I get, yeah. if I get broken so. up with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if it ends with Brittany, I mean. You know, I'm in trouble. You're, you're toast. Yeah, yeah. I'm toast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. I'm in a van down by the river. Um, <laughs> man, it's an honor to have you on here today. Uh, sometimes it feels weird when I have people on like you on because, you know, you're somebody that I looked up to for a long time, you know, and now Thank we're you. friends. So yeah. it's like kind of weird. Don't you think we you were know? always friends before this stuff? Because, I mean, like, I feel like that we met. Okay. 
We met at that song swap in Northport, that's right? right? Yeah, that's right. And so that was kind of before. Yeah, and I'd like probably at that point like listen a million miles and like play something we know maybe a handful of times. And but then after that, it's like I really started diving in and like yeah. listening to all your music. And well, and like, that was before. So we had been at that house. The you know where we live is like mm-hmm. pretty much walking distance from, from right down the Jewish, street. Yeah, and so we uh, I want to say we moved in. Right before Welcome to the Big World came out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had two or three records. Well, yeah. Yeah, this will be three records. Yeah. You know, before then. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And then, so we kind of like made friends then. But like back then, man, I was, I mean, I was still playing Mexican restaurants. But really, you were writing good songs. Yeah, though. I was trying. Or I was cutting them either one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is good? Yeah, it was good. good I, I was cutting people's songs. I don't know if I was writing writing a lot back then. I mean, I hadn't even, I'd probably been in Nashville a couple times and. You know, but I was still like figuring it out, you mm-hmm. know, and I felt like back then, you know, you, you know, you pretty much had it figured out as far as like writing songs, you know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perception's everything. Well, man. I mean, it's just like when you meet somebody, it's like, it's like, you're like, okay, they're another level. I need to like mm-hmm. get to that point. Thanks know? for saying did, that. Did you see and, Adam yeah. play a show at one point? Like, did you, like, when was, did you ever go to like an Adam show back okay, in the day? So question, it was yeah. like, so we met then and then I like, you gave me your number, which I thought was like super cool. I was like, dude, I got a celebs number in my phone. Hell yeah. Uh, but he That's played, a sh- you played a show with Chris Knight. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me say it right. Chris Knight. Chris Knight. Yeah. yeah. Play. That's right. It yeah. worked. That's right. I, and remember I was that. like, man, I'm here to the show. I bought a ticket. You're like, all right. See you in a little while. You know, um, that was an awesome show. That was, was cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, Jason Eady's been on the road with him recently and they came and played Huntsville and Brittany and I went up to see him and, we, Jason and I were kind of laughing about it. He's just he's he's become such a kind individual as yeah. the years have gone by. It was he was sort of notoriously stoic for a long yeah, your, time. Your Chris Knight impression's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I know, I'm yeah. not going to ask you to do it today. But <laughs> that's pretty good. I know because he was like they were. You know, Jason was talking about how how you know they were they take pictures and Chris would be like, "Don't post that one. You can't post that one." So I'll probably get in trouble for even saying anything. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. I mean, yeah, who knows if he's ever going to watch this? I know. know. What if he you is know? though? What if he's what if a, we just clip this and put this on Instagram? Oh, you talking about me and damn that Trey Lewis thing? <laughs> he's a Texas guy, right? He's yeah. from uh, Kentucky. Oh, he's a Kentucky mm-hmm. guy. But was I, he, I thought he yeah. was from Texas. Was he's he from Kentucky? Was he in the Texas scene? Is that was well, he, does he have the connection to that? Kind of, yeah, because of Frank Liddell. So Frank produced. I mean, I guess for lack of a better word, he kind of discovered Chris, and he produced that record that's got Sorryville and all that stuff. And so, so I think Frank was kind of responsible for for Chris getting his feet on the ground with that. And and that association kind of associates, Frank kind of associates you with the Texas music scene, just, you know. By association. Yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah by association. I yeah. thought he was from Texas. I, thought, I thought he thought was, too. I thought he was like one of the first like Texas guys to really like blow up. Yep, Kentucky. Oh, wow. I know, yeah, right? I remember being like, I don't know, seven or eight and seeing that video on CMT. It's like, like, uh, what do you call it when a bunch of cars like wreck into each other? Oh, like, uh, like a, a demolition Dilemi- derby. Yeah, demolition yeah. derby for uh, what is that song? Ain't ain't easy being me or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know Blake Shelton cutting that song? I did not know that. Yeah, it's on like his I don't know 2007 record. Boy, something. I bet it's awesome. It's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With what is he the guy that has that um down by down the river song? Yeah, is that yes, one of his big ones right. where yep. it's him and his brother and mm-hmm. him going and getting the the guy and tossing him into the water? Ain't enough rope. Yeah, that was the whole record was yeah. a cool record. Yeah, man, he's always been one of those guys that like you know you listen to him and and he doesn't really 
you know, melodically or musically, it's, I mean, it's pretty much the same four chords. Yeah. But lyrically and content-wise, it's never been boring. Like, I never think to myself, oh, this is a pretty vanilla Chris Knight song. Like, all of them are really incredible songs. He's, a, he's, he's really kind of mastered that to me. Like, he's a master of, of this is what I do. I do this every time, and I nail it. You know, yeah. so it's, I thought I, yeah. it's something to be said for that. And then I don't know where we got. I don't know. I think we ended up doing a show together or two at Zydeco. Yep. Yeah. We did like co-built Zydeco together. It's like you're on one side and your hat, and I'm just like hat back, straight bro, bro country, you know, still in style back then. Country boy crazy days. <laughs> country boy crazy, crazy days. But it's like me and you, it's like split in half. I have it framed. My, my mom like knew how cool it was to me, and she oh, had it framed. Cool. So it's in my room. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So one day when I have a when I have a, <laughs> when I have a room full of you know shit in it, you know. I'm gonna. I'll always You'll have keep that, that in there. Yeah. Well, I send me a copy of it too. I will. I will. I know. I it's just a show poster in a, in a frame, but, but it's a co bill yeah. too. That's pretty. Yeah, neat. it's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, but man, I know. Uh, you know, I mean, I've heard you talk about this, but I, I kind of want to get into it a little bit just for our listeners' uh, sake. Uh, so you're you're from Opelika, right? right. Correct. And you yeah. grew up. I mean, but you live in Tuscaloosa now. Correct. How's that? <laughs> enemy lines behind enemy lines. I mean, yeah. Bunch of roll tides, huh? I mean, they're and everywhere. Britney's a roll tide, right? <laughs> oh yeah. That, I mean, they that that whole family, like her whole family, went to school at Alabama. Oh, wow. I mean, I just I'm just from Opelika. You know, I'm yeah. just an Auburn fan just yeah. because of geography. But, um, I mean, you know, there's nothing to it now. They beat the yeah. shit out of us every year, and so I mean, there's nothing I can say about it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, yeah. I got I got no legs to stand on. But does, but does that make it? Does that make it more enjoyable when you guys do win? The fact that it's once every like five, six, seven, however many years when you oh, guys yeah. do beat them, it's really like it's historical. Yeah, we did it. yeah, totally. Yeah, and Brittany went to school like during the when it was the, the pre saving years when it was like Franchoni was there and Price, and so that was kind of their little their little flux time. And so, which is really it, it's an interesting perspective for her. She was like, you know, when I went to school there, it wasn't any good, you know. And so that was it, it was that was Auburn's time. That was Tuberville. Years, yeah, you know, six so, years in a row. Yeah. Don't remind me the thumb <laughs> from thirteen to nineteen. We lost Auburn every year. That's my entire childhood. So, are you a big yeah. Alabama fan? I guess I'm I am, guess. dude. But like, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like, after years of just playing the college circuit mm. so much, like you learn to like not get as like worked up. If that makes sense, very much so about yeah. it. And like, once you you know play in Starkville and you play in Oxford and you play in Auburn and you play, you know, all the SEC schools, you realize that it's just tradition. It's all kind yeah. of the same thing, you know. Totally, and you and you know. <laughs> Because of friendships and stuff like that, you know, I've, I've realized that I kind of – I root for people that I just don't have foot – I mean, like, I, I, I kind of root for A&M sometimes. You know yeah, what I mean? Which yeah. is I have no reason not to. And it's because of the fact that, like, I that I have a lot of friends that, that went to undergrad at Auburn and vet school at A&M or mm -hmm. vice versa. You know what I mean? So, like, and you know, out there in Auburn on that wire road scene, that's where the that's where the vet school is. And so all the people that would come out and see us play, they were all vet school students. And, and so they would, like I said, you know, when we started going to Texas, if I played in College Station, I had I had probably 10 more people just yeah. because of the fact that they would they would come see us play at Auburn. Yeah, and it's just like, but when you're growing up, it's like pick a side or oh, yeah. it's like ride or die. We're going to fight. We might fight. You know, yeah. Somebody gets hurt. Yeah, somebody gets shot or or stabbed or something. Every yeah, but it's Iron like Bowl. if we beat 
if we beat y'all, I'm not going to call you the next day and be like, Adam, Thank you. Alabama beat all And I'm not going to break my television. But like, if it's Saturday yeah. and I'm at my house and I'm in my underwear, it's real fucking tight. To the <laughs> and, then, and then you yeah. listen to the Paul Feinbaum show on the Monday after the Iron Bowl and yeah. it's game on. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the most entertaining episode ever of Feinbaum. I hadn't listened to him in a long time. I mean, and I know Alabama fans are the worst. So, like, to sit here and say that I'm not going to be all up in your face, that's a big deal for me. You know? That is. That's pretty right. awesome. Uh, I don't know if they're the worst. LSU's pretty, pretty rough. LSU yeah. fans are rough. Yeah, Baton Rouge rough. is a wild place. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Called Death Valley for a reason. I'd say right. Tennessee yeah. fans are probably the worst. Mm-hmm. See, I haven't seen that I mean, since I've been down here because they just they haven't done anything. Nothing sucks like, like a leg orange. Dude, they haven't, they, haven't, they, haven't <laughs> beat, they haven't beat Bama in 15 years, and they're still talking about, this is our year. Y'all are yeah. going down. You know the year that we they do. No coach or quarterback. Or no. They made it close last year, though. I remember because yeah. we. I think we were at the uh, the Auburn rodeo uh, watching that, and I remember they were making you nervous. In the I mean, kind of, uh, but not really. That was um, the fun thing about it, with, you know, with Iron Bowl and stuff. That you know, and it's 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 a little silly, but it's also kind of cool. Like you can tell that that there are seasons that that Auburn. All they wanted to do was beat Alabama. It's yeah. like, we don't care if we win, if we lose every game, as long as the last one, if we can win the last one, then then we've had a winning yeah. winning season, yeah. which yeah. is really funny. Did you, do, I, yeah, did you do a lot of gigs after like Iron Bowl weekend? I got to the point where I, I, I refused to do Saturdays because of, like you were saying, because I mean, if I man, I've been in so many situations to where like we were hired to do a fraternity party or a, a whatever whatever the scenario may be. And if Auburn lost, you were screwed. I mean, you went broke, you know. <laughs> and so, but if Auburn won, it was great. But it was such a, just kind of a, just the variable was was the pain in the neck. And so I realized that Fridays were were better because the game was irrelevant. You know what I mean? It was long, and so I just, I said, look, we'll just play all the Fridays that we can. And now, Was granted, that a supper club? That was Supper Club. I played there. I played Bourbon Street a bunch. Yeah. Um, I played. I didn't do a whole lot of stuff downtown, like in Tumors Corner area. I kind of, yeah. I kind of, kind of wore my myself out pretty quick down there. That's a whole different scene, yeah. and that's kind of why we went to Wire Road, you know, and, yeah. and why we started playing. You know, the the thing is with the Supper Club, the Supper Club didn't. I mean, you didn't start till midnight. That was twelve to four. Yeah, you know, and so you, it was cool to do it, but. Y- at the same time, like you know, I had to put a band together. It had to be like a, a a lot bigger of a deal than we were able to do consistently. And I mean, that was also like, I mean, Iron Bowl weekend. That was Wayne Mills weekend. You yeah. know, I mean, he was. You yeah. weren't going to play. You weren't going to play the Supper Club that weekend because Wayne Wayne always had that. Gig. That, that was yeah. the king of Alabama. That's he the was song, the king, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I want to yeah. know, like. I know you did Supper Club and Forever, and all that stuff was kind of before my time. So mm-hmm. it was Wayne Mills. Like yeah. that was like kind of all before me, um, before I came along. I know Charlie talks about you know going to see you at Supper Club and stuff yeah. like that, but like I just never like experienced that. But what was Adam Hood like as a kid? Like when when did you first start playing music and all that kind of stuff? I feel like I've always kind of played music. I mean, when I was little, was like, like in your family, or no, 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 man. I mean, nobody in my family can carry a tune in a bucket. So I'm, I'm a little bit of a black sheep when it comes to that. So nobody really knew what to do with me. But um, I mean, I would, I would make guitars out of tin foil and cardboard and stuff oh, like wow. that. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome. That's all I ever wanted to do, and uh, and so uh, when I was, you know, grade school age, my parents finally bought me a guitar. 
we moved into this house. Uh, we moved into a different neighborhood in seventh grade, and the guy that I lived behind me, his name is David Sellers. We were best friends growing up, and he had a he had a guitar. And so I would we took lessons from the same guitar teacher, who coincidentally was the guy that was the guitar teacher. And at my high school, like we had a guitar class in high oh, school. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Badass. Yeah, it was cool. And so, um, but the summer going into junior high, he would take lessons on one day, I'd take lessons on the next day, and we'd just teach each other the songs. So it's kind of like a two for one guitar lesson. Yeah. Did y'all share the same guitar? No, we didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, his guitar was way nicer than mine oh, was, nice. but it yeah. didn't take me long. So, um, but yeah, and that, that's kind of how but I did that up until probably, I guess, 10th grade, 16, 17, my mom, there was a place called the Breezeway in, in Opelika, and um, my mom went to high school with the guy that owned that place. And so the, there were, I want to say there were three of us. It was me and this guy named Mark True, who uh, still lives in, in Opelika, and he wrote a couple of Crystal Gale songs and oh, stuff nice. like that. Yeah. yeah, And, I mean, he was kind of a real live songwriter. I'd never seen what Was he what I mean? older than you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was probably in his... Oh God! There's no telling. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna attempt. attempt to yeah, but then Brad Cotter was the other one too, and so yeah. Danny would give us one weekend. Like Brad took one weekend, Mark took one weekend, and I took one weekend. And I mean, I quit the football team. You know, I mean, 150 yeah. bucks a, a weekend. I had gas money. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, what position were you playing in football? Oh gosh, I, I mean, it was. I mean, they moved me everywhere. You know, utility man. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was too short. You know, yeah. too slow to do anything. You know, behind behind the line of scrimmage and then you know but i was too small to do anything you know on that so i, I it was it was not my sport yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when you graduate high school do you go to college or what do you do you straight straight into yeah music? i kind of just went into started playing music i got married and uh and, and that was kind of a lot of what i did you know yeah. but i had my intention was to go to auburn when i was a senior in high school the head of the music department was actually a guitar player and mm -hmm. so that was my plan and then my senior year of high school he he, he retired so I didn't, I just kind of floated around. And yeah, and I started getting gigs. I mean, like I said, you know, I, I started actually playing in school. So by the time I got out, I mean, I could do, I could play three or four, you know, times yeah. a week if I wanted to. And there was, there were plenty of places to play and I could travel some. I, I played with this guy named Jeff Harbaugh that there was a, a bar called 1048 in uh, Montgomery. And we, we played like every Tuesday night there. It's Hood and Harbaugh. Hood and I Harbaugh. Mean, yeah, we, I mean, it was Oh man, I, the craziest nights of my life in that place, man. Montgomery's Mon wild. Yeah, some of it was. Yeah, yeah. the nights that were slow That's were like way when, crazy. You know, like when you're <laughs> when you first start playing music and all your friends are like in your small town, they're like gun ho. They're like, dude, so and so's playing. We're going. And I know. all your friends come, oh, and like two man. or three years later, you're like, man, where are my friends? <laughs> we was gonna come see you play, man, but we but, got a kick party down yeah. there, and so and so. I mean, one of my best friends went to school at Troy. <laughs> And that was the same thing. He was like, man, come on down. We're going to party. We're going to play. And you're going to play. And and I would go down there, and I'd book gigs, and, and they'd be dead. And I'd be like, where y'all at? He said, man, we's going to come, but there's a keg party at so-and-so's house, so we didn't we didn't show up, you know? So, it's like, man, fuck y'all. I know. Yeah, what exactly. Was, what was more productive in the early days, having having gigs at the college bars or playing the frat parties? The frat parties paid. And you they know. would probably guarantee that people there. Yeah, and that was kind of my first experience with like agents. You know, I mean, there were and there still are. There are agents just the same way there are agencies that handle weddings, like Music Garden and yeah. all those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crescent Moon and Music yeah. Garden. I mean, they're still they're still still there. You know, and so that was that was kind of that was the scenario with that. So you could you could 
you could book bars yourself and you could book some fraternity parties by yourself, but usually the fraternity parties, they were the ones that were contracted. And what kind uh, of music were you playing back then? Like, I played, oh man, I, I played pretty I, eclectic. I, I know in one uh, podcast I heard you mention, you even played this Vince Gill, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did. I had Vince yeah. Gill songs in my set, which is, which is pretty... Uh, that was uh, give me just one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit out of my my yeah. my song register yeah. back then. But I was doing that. I was really into Steve Earle. I was really into Steve Earle. I was still into John Hyatt then. And you know, man, I mean, Stevie <clears throat> Ray was still around when I was a kid. You know, yeah. and so I, I I played all that stuff, like anything that was that. And then you know, there were the poisons and the extremes and stuff like that. You know, but yeah. when did you get into songwriting? Like, was it like a automatically you know thing from you know beginning? Like something you were like, I don't because you you mentioned the guy wrote the Crystal Gale songs. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something I want to do. Or yeah, I, I was I was interested in it for a while, but it took a long time. Like. You know that Hyatt, John Hyatt record that Bring the Family. I was I was in high school when when I heard that record, and that was that was the record that kind of set my trajectory. But it was probably, I mean, it was a while before I really started. It was it took a while to get up the nerve to finish a song, and then it took a lot longer than that to get up the nerve to play it in front of people. But I mean, as soon as somebody said one tune was good, that was it. I mean, I was making you know I was going trying to book some studio time after that. So yeah. I'd say probably I mean. If, if 17 was where I got into it, probably 21 was where I started actually playing out the songs that I wrote for people. Yeah. When you know? did you like bridge that gap from playing covers to go into like full time, like playing just original shows? It was hard. Yeah. I mean, that was that was a process in itself. Yeah. I mean, it was really one of those things to where it was kind of. It's a little. It's still a little bit of a battle. I mean, if it know? wasn't for Dick down in Dallas, I'd still be trying to figure out how to do that. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, you you realize that, like, especially in the southeast, that that it it's. And I, I get it. I understand. I realize that people want to they they want to hear what they want to hear, and that's what they want to hear. And that's why you wrote "Play Something We Know." Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because night after night, yeah. that song just I mean it personifies itself, you know. And so, uh, but yeah, it it took a long time. But by the time. You know, it's funny because, like, nobody really, I don't think anybody at home really accepted me as an original singer until I started going to Texas, you know, Mm -hmm. and I started going to Texas in like 04. And you're like Texas's adopted son. I should, they, I wish they'd give me a plaque. I know Leon Russell had a plaque, and I'm not Leon Russell, but, you know, man. I need to talk to somebody about that. Yeah, I mean, is there a tax exemption? Did you run into an issue? Wait, did you go to Texas first, or did you come to Nashville first? Because that's like kind of the heyday of the the Texas guys being like, we write our own songs. Screw these Nashville guys. Well, and it was it was coincidence, really. I came in. That was like I was on when I started going to Texas. Was right about the time when Ragweed started taking off. Yeah, you know when Ragweed and Pat and those guys took off. That was right about the time I started going over there. And and my it wasn't my intention to go over there because of that. I just I did because my manager lived in uh, outside of Austin, and so you know he said I want to get you over here for South by Southwest, and that was all. I mean we went we went to a barbecue house, and I heard Steve Earle, and I said this is the place that you know I just he was playing on the overhead, and I said this is this is the it was like that yeah. that Blind Melon video where the little girl walks into the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the field of bees. That was that was me. So, yeah. but yeah, and I I I, I did that and. Uh, it was all downhill from there. Yeah. You went on tour with Leon Russell, right? I did. I toured with him for three years. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's awesome. It was really cool. I mean, I, you know, I went <clears throat> first time how ever. Young, was, how young were you then? Uh, this was, this was 
05 through 07. So okay. that was what, 20 years ago? Yeah. 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 Something like that. So, yeah. So that was, was but was that like your 20s. first, like, okay, I'm doing this? Shit, that right? was my first, like, national on the yeah. road myself and i mean dude i was renting cars and following him in a bus i mean you know i was i first time i'd ever been to new york first time i'd ever been to la first time i'd ever played green hall i mean first that was the first time i'd ever really seen the country so yeah, for about three years man that had to be a lot of growing it was a lot it was and it was really kind of a trial by fire Were you married then or no i was out of that marriage yeah, by right then yeah, yeah yeah so probably 25 was probably when that split <clears> up so and that that was kind of i mean you know that was really the thing that that kind of set me off you know, I said, if I ain't got a reason to stick around, I'm out. I'm on the road, you know, and so I'm going to do as much as I can. And yeah. I mean, I had my daughter, you know, and so yeah. I, I came home. I came home more as much as I could, you know, but I knew that it had to be done, you know. Yeah. And so I pounded pavement. That's great. Man. Yeah. So what was after that? That, okay, so those gigs got me. So, okay, so Birmingham got me to Texas. Texas got me to L.A., and I made a record with Pete Anderson. That was a different groove record. We made yeah. that in 07. And that record got me to Nashville, basically. So I kind of went to Nashville the most indirect way I possibly yeah. could. What an yeah. odd path when, yeah. you, when, totally. you're, when you start did, out a few hours south of Nashville. Well, did it, was, it, did it ever cross your mind to come to Nashville? Or were you like, I'm just kind of doing something a little bit different? Or oh, what? It always crossed my mind. Yeah. It still crosses my mind. Yeah. you know. Yeah. But it's I, you know, I always kind of told myself, I just saw so many guys come up here and just blow it, you know, mm -hmm. and I knew that I, I knew I didn't have the chops to come up here. And I always said, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to Nashville and I'm not going to put my feet down in Nashville until I got a reason to let, mm -hmm. let that be a job, a publishing deal, whatever it was. And that was kind of what I did. You know, I mean, I met, so after that record, I met Miranda Lambert in, in Texas and she got me my deal with Frank. And so, you know, I was, that was my first year at Carnival. That was, I think I signed with them. And well, I looked at the paperwork today. I signed in 2008. Yeah. And you stay with Miranda's mom when you go out there? Is I that, do. Yeah. yeah. I stay with her. They're, they're, uh, her parents are our God grandparents. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's so awesome. they have a, an interesting relationship with the girls. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. But they got like a, like, a, you know, I mean, anybody that's, that, that's a, that's a parent of someone like that, they got places to sleep all over the damn place. Man. All over. So, yeah. Really so cool. I, you know, that was that's kind of where my crash pad is. Yeah. You know, so just a couple of notable things that I know that Adam's done, and he's a real humble guy. He doesn't talk <laughs> about it much. I know you wrote the song with Chris Stapleton, the little um, big town song, the little big town mm -hmm. song. So when did that that happen? Probably right around the time I met you, or was that before that? I feel like that it was around that time because I know I had that song. Yeah, and so that's that song. Front porch thing was on the shape of things, and and so that record i got a, i mean that record has a lot of cuts on it like grandpa's farms on that one yep. uh let's see what else is on that one tennessee wheels on that one um and uh what's his name cut that song too john corbett well yeah but uh charlie charlie yeah yeah he did a great job with great, it great man crushed it that's kind of a special song you it know is, what i mean yeah. like i could have that's one that 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 when jay took did that record when jay said charlie's gonna cut it i didn't say anything i was like okay if this didn't any good, I'm gonna say it. You know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. that's a special song, and man, it was it was great. He knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, that was so that was that was around that time. And I'd had I'd had a few cuts like like when when front porch thing got recorded. I think I had I had a song that a guy named Danny Gokey cut maybe one or two. I more. remember Just, Danny Gokey from uh -huh. American Idol. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. He, he cut a song I wrote with Joanna Cotton, who sings with Church, and uh, and Greg Barnhill. And it was a good tune, and uh, yeah, but but the Stapleton one that was the first 
that was the first wall hanger. That was the first one that I, mean, I that's got cool. a platinum record with. Yeah, yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, and that's a uh, you know like. I remember seeing Chris Stapleton play Chris Stapleton play at Zydeco for 189 people. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, and then a year later he's on the CMAs, and now he's Chris fucking Stapleton. I mean, it really you know? did you know for something that that took so long to sort of ramp up? Like, I mean, it was you know it was kind of like the world discovered what we already knew. Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody everybody in town knew that he was a monster. Yeah. You know, everybody did. I mean, I used to sit around and watch his YouTube videos of him. Like, it's just effortless. He's like in a bar. Nobody's really listening. He's like, yeah, I wrote this song for Kenny Chesney. He bought me a house. And he's played it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Was, what was his band called that was what? The Steel, the Steel, Steel Drivers? Steel yeah. Drivers. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Johnson Brothers. Yeah, and I didn't a, realize that, that, that those Johnson Brothers, re- well, is it two? They got two records or one? I know there's one that's out on iTunes because yeah. we were listening to it the other day. I didn't realize that that stuff was even released. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. It's yeah. rock and roll. It's like rock staples. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all the way. Yeah. What's the yeah. which um which college town in Alabama has the has the, had the wildest fraternities? What's the what was the the party town? Because I I like Auburn the best personally. Like I I when we go the, mm. the towns that I've been in, I enjoy Auburn more than Tuscaloosa. I haven't been to Troy or Jacksonville though. So Troy was wild, two. but Troy was a suitcase college, and so you know the same thing like if everybody was if everybody was going to your show you had it was a ball but if if someone else was playing like same thing i mean you know it was everybody was in one spot in troy auburn was auburn was home and so it was always kind of different for me alabama was a lot of fun then i don't play anywhere in tuscaloosa now you know where in tuscaloosa were you playing there was a place called the booth and I mean, man, everybody and their mama played. Oh, yeah. we, we, play, we, played we played the booth. Yes, you know what I mean. <laughs> Brittany said she wants to see John on a Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, plus the door, but they only could fit like eighty people in there, uh, so you're basically only getting four hundred bucks. I'm sure, I think they had like cheap paps or something like that. Yeah. Like that was the deal. Uh, the last cover gig we ever played was at. Uh, What's the name of that place? It is free. I think no, it was, co- I think no, it was no, Copper Top. Uh, oh yeah, Copper Top. Yeah, yeah, that place is still ball. there. That was the week. That, that was the week that Dick Down and Down. Or the week before Dick Down and yeah. Down. Is that right? right? Yeah. Because you funny. had texted me, you were like, "Man, if I'd known you were in town, I'd came out." Uh, you also shit your pants that night, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, thanks for reminding me. you had to come up. Man, glad you didn't come yeah. out. I shit my pants. <laughs> we talk a lot about shitting our pants on this podcast. You dropped us off at Terry's house, and you said, "Yep." I'm heading back to Nashville. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, driving back um, uh, to Nashville, and I got right there. And was that like Morgan'sville or some shit like that? Morgan something, Morgan County. Like, so you were sitting, you were sitting I was, down. I was driving the van. Oh, that's the worst, man. And like I had sweatpants on because it was cold oh, outside. That's the worst. You know, I wanted to be comfortable. I we went and threw my sweatpants <laughs> into the seat. So that's the stain that's in the seat to this. Oh, there's day. one on the passenger oh, seat from when we were coming back. Oh, I remember that. I remember when we were coming back. We were from almost Ken- home and we had to stop living in so I could <laughs> feel sorry for so you. Could, what, what did that you van do? next? Yeah. It's like, yeah. like driving. Need naked. a van, Adam? I'll get some seat covers for you. What was what was like the biggest like grind when you were going those early days where you you talk about renting the car like what was the most like where you guys were like packed in where you were traveling with a band we i I didn't do a whole lot of band shows but but once we i want to say right but well between after different groove we did the best that we could to put a band together so it was me and justin johnson and patrick lunsford who plays drums for me still sometimes and this guy named keegan reed and keegan keegan's from san antonio and they had a van like they had a, a passenger van and so keegan was the bass player and i mean we we just we 
we did that, and and as soon as we got in that van, like gas went to three dollars a gallon, and this was like yeah, what like oh six something like that. So were, were you guys was, pulling a trailer, or were you fitting no, everything never in the van a with you? Yeah, I mean we take we, the seats out, mm-hmm, put your shit that in whole there. thing. Yeah, do you ever have to sleep in the van? I slept in the car. I slept in my car plenty. I slept in the car plenty. Um, yeah, we never had to sleep in the van, and and that was because of the fact that like you know, I I feel like that. If if I if I can credit myself for anything, I really tried to, you know, be intentional with with band stuff. You know what I mean? Like I've never really gone full force. Let's let's lose a pile of money on this. I can lose a pile of money on myself, you know. But those years with Leon, those were the ones I probably lost the money because I mean they were all like, it was all hundred dollars, you know. I mean, in fact, I was I did a West Coast thing. I went to the West Coast with Leon a couple of times, and the first year I went was when we were recording different grooves. So I had shows with Leon there. I stayed an extra couple of days to record the different groove record. And then I had, then I left and went to San, I had San Francisco, uh, Portland and Bellingham, Washington. And I, I got to San Francisco and I was, I was, I was a dollar short to get across the Golden Gate Bridge. I had $2 in my pocket and it cost three. And so, um, the the girl behind me like begrudgingly gave me a dollar and I, I made it through and I was like Lord just please can I just let me ha- make enough money at this same thing it was it's, it wasn't a Leon Russell gig it was just a pickup gig to get me to Portland and so uh, I did that and I uh, I sold one CD so that means I had five dollars when I got back across and so I had I had enough money to get back across out of out of San Francisco. Um, with two dollars left over, and then I hit another toll toll booth, and oh, was wow. I was broke after that. Yeah, and so that was that was as rough as Did it you just was. Just run straight through it, or what? I think I actually stopped and said something. I was like, you know, because I mean, I was young, yeah. and oh, yeah. sir, I don't have any money, money. sir. Yeah, I just want yeah. you to just be nice to me. And he was like, man, we take pictures of your license. You get, we'll send you a bill. Yeah. So yeah, you know. and, and coming from Alabama and going out to the West Coast, that had to be something man, too. Going was, out to San was, Francisco, all them hills, and just a whole different world. Was it a different world back then like it is now? It was a different world, yeah. And just from, I mean, for me, that was the thing. It was, you know, all this stuff was new and like cities were new. You know, everything like just traffic and 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 just how to sort of navigate through all this stuff, how to navigate through sound check and Different just, accents. Yeah, totally, yeah. And I was a hit, <laughs> yeah, you know? did pe- yeah, did people be, oh, did yeah. people ask you to say something twice? I mean, some people you? thought I was from Australia. They just did. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently the, the Southern and Australian yeah. accents are very similar. Yeah, they're really no idea. They're real hicks down there. <laughs> yeah. The, the real Southerners. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you meet your wife? She was, okay, so uh, Justin, speaking of, opened this bar called Pale Eddie's. You, you may have played that place. Yeah, I have a Pale Eddie story. I played... Uh, I played the grand opening and she had just moved home. She was, she lived in like Beaver Creek, Colorado for a couple of years. And, uh, and I think her, her granddad got sick and then her sister had a, their first child. And so we kind of, we, we met right there at that, at that place. That's awesome. I yeah. used to, I used to do the WCZK shows at, uh, at Rogue Tavern yeah, next door. Next door. Yeah. All time. And I'll never forget one time I was over in, uh, Pell Eddie's. And I was over there, you know, just talking about myself like I was hot shit uh-huh. to the bartender. And the bartender was like, my husband plays music. And I was like, really? I was like, what's his name? She goes, Adam Hood. And I was like, well, I feel like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> was she about six months pregnant? Yeah, she yeah. was, I think so. Yeah. I mean, she worked She worked that job until, until she had Drew. So, yeah. I mean, which is impressive. I can't believe they let like a fully eight-month pregnant woman. Because, I mean, during her. that time, I mean. <laughs> they will, though, apparently. Yeah. During that time, I mean, you were 
you know, you were writing with like Gary and Charlie and you were, you know, like. I was done. Like that was as, as soon as I got the publishing deal, that was it. I, yeah. I said, I said, I'm never playing music in front of people again. Really? I was officially I was I'd had enough. I was burnt out. I mean, you know, that the year that different group came out, that came out in like 07. And we did we did over 300 shows that one year, oh, wow. you know. So, I mean, granted, you know, I mean, there's a lot get, of shows. It's yeah. a lot of shows for me. You know, I got for a lot anybody, of yeah, that, That's a lot of shows for anybody. That's yeah. like BJ Barnum, American exactly. Well, that's what I was going to say. BJ, you know, they've done it for 12 years. But, <laughs> you know, it, it. I don't know. I think BJ may have a different work ethic. I know he does. He has a different work ethic than I do. So when you got your kids, too, man, and. Yeah. And I had the, you know, like I said, Ash was, she was kind of, you know, in her formative years then she's, she'll be 24 in October. So she's, you know, for all intents and purposes, she's an adult now, you know, mm -hmm. but, but that was, that was when she was growing up and just everything was haphazard. We didn't know what we were doing, you know, I had no idea. And God forbid we had any help, you know, I mean, it was just kind of, well, you guys figure it out. And so, you know, then like I said, I got that publishing deal, and I, I said I'm not doing this anymore. And so I, the Pale Eddie's gig. What I would do was I would come up here. I would play. I would. I would write Tuesday. I write Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And so Thursday night, I would play Fat Daddies in Auburn, or I would play. Uh, I would play that uh, Pale Eddie's or somewhere like that. And I would take all these new songs and I'd try them out. You mm -hmm. know, and and uh, I learned a lot. I mean, I, there's a part of me that that wishes I could do that. And I guess I could. But like I also, you know, I had an hour on Thursday nights where I would try new stuff out and then I just pound Jaeger the rest of the night. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was it was good. It was really beneficial, but it was also pretty ugly. Too, and then you, you know? teamed up with like Eric Dillon and uh, Channing and uh, Dave and y'all did that. The, the Dark, Dark Horses, Horses thing. Tour. Yeah, that was fun. The man, that was so cool. It was cool. Yeah. It was pretty short lived, though. Yeah, I think the four of us together lived. were pretty toxic. Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> we were uh, toxic to each other, uh, but to Channing, our families, yeah. Channing played uh, Black Jesus, and he was like, I'm still working on the sequel, Black Penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just remember that being the funniest thing uh, ever. It's funny. Um, you got sober not long after that, huh? I did, yeah. That was I, it, being on the road with them boys. Just I mean, kind of was <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, in in fact, it was kind of you know the 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 shit that happened was really kind of a lot of the reason why I said enough is enough. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it, and it was just because of the fact that I just you know how it is. You, well, you you know you don't drink, and I mean. I don't beat it over anybody's head, you know. I mean, I hang out in bars, you know. Same thing, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not. It's just my choice. And I mean, yeah, I mean, did did it just get? I guess it just, you know, did it get real bad? And you were just like, I gotta try and do something different, or did you try to quit and like it didn't, it didn't stick, or you were just like, once you were done, you were done. I was done. Yeah, yeah. because done. I mean, I never we never drank at home or anything like that. The only time I ever drank was on the job. Yeah, and, and so I feel it was like, easy for me, you know. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like the this job, it's like almost accustomed to like get just blackout drunk and the know? funny thing is you know i don't know why it's that way because of the fact that like when i quit i mean i decided to quit doing it and no one ever said a word to me mm -hmm. i thought to myself for so many years i thought oh lord what's everybody going to say what are they going to say nobody said anything I, one time and and i mean this has been three and a half years one time a dude bought me a beer and that's it. He just bought me a beer because he didn't know I, I wasn't drinking anymore. This was in the first year. And other than that, no one said anything. No one's tried to buy me shots. No one's cussed me out for not accepting their alcohol. Nothing. Yeah. You know, which which tells me something. You know what yeah. I mean? Which which tells me that. It's all know, in your mind. Yeah. And yeah. I was obviously enough of a wreck to where people are probably glad to, to, yeah. to see that the shows are a whole lot better. And I think, too, like where I, I run into a problem with not drinking is like in the writing room for me when, I'm, really? when, I'm, when I'm writing songs for myself. Uh -huh. 
you know, because every country song says, you know, cold beer on a John boat, you know. Yeah. It's just like, I would rather just not say I'm going to, you know. You kind of got to walk the walk. Kind of got to walk the walk, yeah. you know. But, you know, Troy Jones was, you know, he, he wrote Shift Work and pretty good at drinking yeah. beer. And Troy had been sober for years, you yeah. know, which was interesting to me. But Troy had a different perspective, you know. Mm-hmm. and But, yeah, he was the only guy that I, I I knew that could do that. But I never drank. I don't know why, like. That's that's the that's the only time I really want to be as completely sober as humanly possible because I don't know I, I don't know why I don't I mean it's not a standard or anything like that I just I don't know yeah I think because I, I sort of second guess myself bad enough on, on when I'm writing to where I don't need an, I don't need anything other than I don't need any kind of outside influence to make me second guess myself well you know this song sucks because you're drunk you know yeah. what I mean like I I couldn't that's the one place I didn't want that to happen yeah. you know. Were you sober for um, your last? What's your last record? What's it called? Somewhere Downtown, in between. Oh, somewhere in between. Were you? No, like, oh, you weren't. I don't think so. Because yeah. uh, that came out. I fucking love that record, by the way. Thank you. If Thank y'all you. Uh, haven't checked it out, go check it out. Please. It's great. Yeah. Thanks. I'm pumped for the next one because I'm like, yeah. To me, that was your best record that I've heard yet. You know, this one's good. So I know the next one's going to be great. Yeah. But let's talk about harder stuff real quick. Okay. Yeah, I love that song. Thanks. So you're taking on the harder stuff. I'm taking on the harder stuff, right? You're sober. I know, yeah. yeah. And that I mean that was pretty much Davis and I were on the road uh somewhere and this was this was the first year that this was in my first probably nine months of not drinking. And there were there were a few landmarks that I said I said if I can get past this this and this then I'll be okay. One of them was Steamboat, the music fest in Steamboat. If I can if I can go to Steamboat and make it all the way through Steamboat without drinking, I'm good. If I can make it through all the way through Mile Zero without drinking, I'm good. And there was a, a benefit that they used to do on uh, Labor Day in Fort Worth that said if I can make it through this one without drinking, I'm good. And that was the 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 benefit was the first one, and it was just one of those things where like. Everybody was there, you know, it was, they did it at Billy Bob's. It was the one thing that everybody came together for. And so it was, you know, it was a shit show by the end of the night. And so, um, but I, that was the first one that was really hard. And so, you know, just because, I mean, you know, everybody's blasting here. I am sober. And it's like, you can't have a coherent conversation with anybody. Very true. Yeah, exactly. say something to them and then they're like, flounder, flounder, a little on back. Repeating themselves four or five times. And, oh man, yeah, I mean, I must have said something wrong. You didn't say anything wrong. What are you talking about? You know, just the, the whole scenario. And so I had enough and I just, I said, that's it. I'm going to my room. And and so I got in my room and Davis walked in. He said, he said, okay. He said, I got this idea. And uh, and he played the chorus. And I was like, man, that's good. And so the next day we wrote. The next day we finished it, but the second verse I I, I wasn't really all that happy with. I, it was we we just had to quit then. And so when when it came time to make the record, that was the one song that was that was undone really. And mm-hmm. so Charlie and uh, Brent and I sat down and wrote it and then recorded it the next night, the next day. Nice. Yeah. So how did you uh, get Miranda on that one? That was Brent. Brent asked her. Yeah. You know? I mean, and we had, yeah, I, I try to save up, you know what I mean, until yeah. it's really important. Until so I never important. really asked that yeah. favor of her. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he called and he said, well, I think Miranda's going to sing on that song. And so she did. And she was real cool about, about the feature. I mean, again, you know, she was somebody that she heard me play once. She got me a job. You know, they've always, I mean, if there's somebody who's really believes in what I do, I'd say she does, you know, mm-hmm. as much as anybody does. Yeah. And so, I mean, the the opportunity was was a great one for her to participate in, and she's in a good place in her career too, you know. I was talking to Davis, uh, I guess last week, 
uh, on the phone. Mm-hmm. He was telling me it's doing great on the Americana charts. Is that right? The chart, yeah, the Americana charts are doing good. I mean, this was, I think, last time we checked, it was inside the top 20, and I, I want to say this. Let's go, baby. Let's go. So and this, And that's the first time that anybody's really, that's the first song that I've had that I could say has gotten that far up on the Americana chart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've always done stuff in Texas, but same thing. I mean, yeah, you know, I, uh, I mean, inside top ten. What's the song Rolling Stone? You wrote that one. Yeah, I wrote that's that was Texas Myers. number one, right? Uh-huh. And then I wrote uh, "Sing About Mine." That was uh, Josh Abbott had a number yeah. one with that. Yeah. So I wrote a couple of number ones, but never like never one as an artist. How mm-hmm. good does that feel? Pretty awesome. After all the shit you've been through, it's pretty awesome. You know? Yeah, feels good. Man. It does feel good. It feels good, and I'm just a fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I'm just like, man, you're getting. Adam Hood's finally getting what he Adam Hood deserves. It really is. I mean, it's you know, it's it's that's the pat on the back that you, man, God, dog, you need that shit, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I really do because you know how it is. I mean, but I've noticed, especially since harder stuffs come out, like you know, I mean, I get I get messages weekly. Yeah, you know, man, I heard that song on the radio. I had to pull over. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that I means mean, you did your job. Yes, right exactly, there. exactly. That's when you did and your that, job. You know, that's when it's just more important than anything else. You realize that that you know that that something bigger than you is happening, and that makes me feel a whole lot better about the things that are you know like we were talking about. You know, when 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 there's some sort of a copyright issue and somebody's publishing house calls and you, you know. This yeah. was, you know we, what I mean. We don't like, have to talk about it, but you did have like a little thing with Spotify there for a while. Didn't you? Oh yeah, that was a big thing with Spotify. And the thing is, like, we can talk all about yeah. it because it was, I mean, it was public record, yeah. you know. So this happened when, basically, when the whole lawsuit was kind of getting settled, and so um, Blue Water, which is the company that handles the administration for Carnival, they uh, they said, well, okay, now that now that we have a rate settled. Um, uh, you owe us back pay, mm-hmm. and Spotify said no, we don't. And and Blue Water said, well, pull it down. And and I, this was this was the the year that everybody did their year end results. All my records disappeared, and so I not only like did I not have year end results, I didn't exist. You know, like I wasn't I wasn't even on Spotify at all. None of my music was for two years. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so and and two probably of the most important years. I mean, like I said, this was, you know, you saw it. I mean, everybody was like, you're in results. Here's here's how many things we did. I had that. I didn't even have any record of that. And so, you know, we went to Blue Water and we said, look, this is terrible. And they said, well, just trust us. And, you know, it said, you know, this will get solved. And, and when it does, you'll be glad. And we were. I mean, it cut my it cut my draw in half, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it was settled and my stuff finally got back up there. And, and, you know, we're off to the races again. But it was a really scary time, man. Yeah. I mean, and so, there's nothing we could do. You know, I mean, yeah. they, you know, they said, well, you know, you can you can take this to the highest court if you want to, you know, but it's your lawyers versus our lawyers <laughs> versus their lawyers, you know. And I mean, I didn't have that. I didn't have that kind it's of power. Spotify money. That's know? right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've noticed, you know, I, one, one thing I've always respected about you, and, and it's, I don't respect you less, but – uh, I've always respected that you're just an album guy. You know, you've mm-hmm. always done just the album thing. It's one piece of art work together. Yeah, I've noticed here lately you've been putting out the singles. So what's the uh, what's the uh, decision behind that? Just I mean, trying something different. I guess. Well, and and it, we started putting out those first three singles. Um, yes, I mean it's 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 the structure, mm-hmm. you know. And I realized that when the the last record, because with Americana, like the 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 somewhere in between stayed on the Americana chart for 22 weeks. Wow, and that was it. 
like that was the cycle of the album. Mm-hmm. And so here I was, I'd put 11 songs out and, and we were 22 weeks into it and, and it was done. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, what, are, you know, what are we going to do? And, and so, you know, that was kind of when we started rethinking things mm-hmm. and it's not really rethinking things. You know, I've got guys that, that release, well, I just, we went in and, and redid different groove with uh, Gordy Quist the band of heathens. And that's what I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah it'd be, cool. be cool. And we had a lot of talk about that stuff and, and, you know, cause Gordy and them, I mean, he kind of said the same thing and their album guys swell, but you know, they, they released four to six singles before the album comes out then they put, and the, then album. They put the album and so out. as long as we can still do that as long as i can still have something that's a bot that's a singular body of yeah, work yeah. i don't mind putting stuff out initially yeah. you giving know? people a little taste so of it. Is, yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, harder stuff and is it pinecone is that right pinecones will not be on the pine new record but harder be. stuff will be harder yeah. stuff will uh, be yeah. cool pinecones is man it's it's really basically we had I did that uh, this opening line thing. We did that with the banded guys, and so it was one of those things where you know we got studio time, and they said, "Well, if you're going to cut one, cut three. And so we did. We cut that one, uh, cut opening line, Modem crickets and pine cones, and they were just we recorded them, we put them out. I mean, I I had pine cones in my in my uh, catalog for years, man. Had it ready to go. Mm-hmm. Or just, I mean, I, I didn't even think it was that good of a song. You yeah, know, that's great. But, yeah. But we didn't put it on the record. Brent, Brent said, he said, I really love this song. It just doesn't fit the record. And so we recorded it anyway. Yeah. I yeah. know I've sent you the videos, but, uh, you know, my kind of country, Kid Rock's been playing that every night. I love it. How cool is that? It's really, you wrote that, that, that song really what, cool. 20 years ago? Yeah. Eric Church and I wrote that song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> before he was Eric Church. Before he was Eric Church. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. That's the, that's those are the kind of things that you see happen, and it's like, oh yeah, man. Now I got one of those under my belt, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, Dubois has those stories, and you know about about Alabama cutting songs and stuff, and I thought that was really cool, you know. But it, it's just same thing, kind of a fluke, you know. The, the, I guess I guess either either Bob or his people or somebody called Ben and said, hey, you know. You got any, we're, we're cutting a record. What do you got? And, and, and Ben said he went to Carnival's catalog and just typed in rock. And that was one of them that came up. And, and so he sent it to him. They cut it. Yeah. Uh, Pretty re- funny. I, I wrote this song. <laughs> What's, are you got to pee? Bonnie, the smallest, the smallest bladder <laughs> awesome. this, side so, of the, this side of the Mississippi. I, uh, for the listeners, I wrote this song called 100 Miles of Highway, and I wrote it with Jordan Walker and Matt McKinney. And uh, I don't know. I just, once I got the mix back, I listened to it like over and over and over. Again, I was like, dude, it would be cool if Adam Hood would, you know. Yeah, I, and I listen to the, I listen to that in my files. Like, I'm mm-hmm. heavily in, like, I guess demo or master jail with that. That's one of my favorite Trey so, Lewis songs. I, I, that's one, one, of my, one of my favorites too. Yeah, I love, love it. So you guys I kill it. I just was like, fuck it. I was like, I mean, me and Adam are friends, but like, I know he's got a lot of shit going on. But I was like, fuck it. I'm just gonna send it to him, see what he says. And you were like, yeah. I and mean, you, I, and I, you I don't actually, ever have that act, much going and on. And you actually like the song. So I, I thought like, it was a, yeah. it's a great song, man. Yeah. It's a great song. I think so too. Yeah. Man. It's it's cool. Well, I appreciate it. I love how the that. second verse works. You know what I mean? It's like different. It was really appropriate. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, good thinking on your part. Yeah. 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 I got a couple good ideas. You yeah, know? you got some good ideas. He got come up with some cool things. He knows a thing or two about a thing or two. I know some thing here now. And it's honestly weird, like after being not successful with music for so long to be <laughs> to be somewhat successful with like making the right calls don't you, you feel, ever like, feel the, like that yeah well i don't know i'm, I'm not i'm not trey lewis successful yet though that's <laughs> i don't know about all that no. <laughs> however I, it, it well, is my, uh, the thing that 
you know, that really is cool to me is that all your peers, man, they respect the shit yeah. out of you. Thank you. I mean, how does that feel? I, it know? was it, Brittany and I talk about this a lot. It's 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 the I, I knew that I was going to have to either get the appreciation of, of masses of people or the the respect of my peers, and I chose the respect of my peers. You know, and I so. I mean, had I chose the other way, there I'd be complaining about something. You yeah, know, you might so. be singing about dicks and buttfucks. There you go, night. see? That's a good point. We can edit that out if no, you don't want your kids right, to see it. it. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. I mean, you know, it so I it it really is. I mean, it's it's neat that that it that I I have the career I wanted, you know. But it, but at the same time, just like what you're talking about, you know, you have the career you wanted. What's your problem? You know, like I kind of have no, like there's not a day that goes by that I wake up with an excuse to be pissed about anything. As much as I want to be pissed, it's like this is what you asked for. You you navigated your way into this. You might as well try to figure out how to navigate your way around but it. But it's never it. enough, right? It's never enough. It's never. And enough. you know, situations are always situations. And I wish I had this when I have this, and you know, until I get this, and then I wish I had it the other way. You yeah. know, I don't know why life works that way i wish it didn't i wish we i wish we could understand everything in real time but i guess it wouldn't be so precious if if we did you know right, so you're right but i mean yeah I, it is it, it really is a good feeling you know it, it's it, it's it's a weird feeling to sort of to it, the ultimate irony is the fact that like nowadays you know, you have to tell people that you wrote songs. You know what yeah. I mean? Like nobody knows. Nobody knows yeah. that we wrote anything. Nobody knows that like that. You know that Musket Iron record. I mean, it got like, five, six songs on it. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows yeah. that shit. I could go. I could go open for those guys, and nobody would know who I am. You know? Yeah, but it's, it's like you don't want to be that guy. It's like, yeah, I wrote six I songs. I know, for and Musket that's Iron. that's the you thing. Know? You know, that's it's a it, it's hard to do. To, it's hard to not do those things because you want people to know. Hey that man, you want to write? I wrote six songs man, on Musket Iron. I mean, look what. Hey everybody, thank y'all. Here's another one I wrote for so and so. Here's another. Miranda Lambert song. Yeah. Here's another song. Chris Stapleton. I wrote. That's just that's not yeah. you. Yeah. It's it's not. It, but it, I have to really make a conscious effort for it to not be that way. Yeah, you had a couple cuts on the the double Miranda record, right? I got one on that one. Okay. On, yes. Yeah. Brent and I wrote that song. And the funny thing is, you know, she got me that job, but but we wrote that song. Two weeks after I was done with my carnival deal, like oh, wow. I was just out of my deal, I wrote it at Carnival, out of my Carnival contract. Yeah, that's wild. So yeah, it's pretty. So you own all the publishing on it. I, well, it, I signed with Low Country, and it became oh, yeah. scheduled. Oh, they wrote okay. that thing in the scheduled contract. Right, they yeah. were like, "Yeah, her name is <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the Low Country contract." Yeah. <laughs> they had a cut since on from that. So, yeah. um, so uh, I got to talk. We got to talk about something uh, on your. You know, we talked about you, you uh, stepping up your TikTok game uh -huh. here recently. <laughs> um, your daughter loves ketchup, huh? Oh man, <laughs> you see that. Have y'all seen the video? I have not. She put ketchup on uh, a banana. I'll let him tell banana. The story. Ketchup Whoa. on the banana is rough. Whoa. Man. Yeah. You can hear Adam like gagging while he's like feeling. <laughs> man, it was it's rough. That that one. I mean, the, she she would eat ketchup. She'll eat ketchup on her grapes. Like she's not thought. So she she'll be four on the nineteenth. She's she's almost four. And so she'll eat, you know, ketchup on strawberries isn't isn't the strangest thing in the world. I've heard a lot of people say that their kids do that. You know, mm -hmm. the grapes isn't all that weird either, but the banana. 
You're like, <laughs> I mean, she took it and like dipped it in the ketchup and then put that. <laughs> Have you introduced her to like lots of pasta with like tomato, like the like the tomato sauce and nah, stuff? She so she's even, a I ketchup fan. She love like that Chick Fil A French fries. Like like they I mean, want as gross as it looked, they don't eat waffle fries. Nope. As gross well, as it looked, <laughs> as gross as it looked, it was still cute. It was cute, yeah. but it was gross, man. I mean, that was that one was rough. If you're that like, I'm rough. letting this go too far. <laughs> yeah, we got to stop this. <laughs> stop this. Um, so, how yeah. many kids total do you have? Three. Okay. Got and your first daughter, your first daughter is 24 now. Yeah, she's almost 24. And the yeah. others are Drew is six, and Edie's almost four. Yeah, so, yeah. that's awesome. Yes, yeah, so, all girls. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, that's a, uh, you know, I envy that man. You got. I got an awesome wife. You've got kids. You have a career. Thanks. How do you navigate all that? Does I it, don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. And you know, I it's, I heard Donovan Woods talking about the same thing. You know, it's just man, uh, no one does this easily. You mm-hmm. know, and I mean, there's a million different ways to do it. Like I know, I guess Chris Jensen, like he takes his kids on the road with him, and I I think to myself like that would be great. But then your kids will be on the road with you all the time, and you need some separation from them every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, but you know, too much is too much. I mean, it's hard to leave them. It, but again, it's hard to leave them. But they, at the end of the day, they understand that it was probably tougher for Ashlyn because of the fact that like she was, she probably three or four years old, and then then you know I was gone. Like the girls, Drew and Edie, they've grown up with it, you know. And I mean, they don't like it, and mm-hmm. it's it's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, I. I know my limits, you know, five days is enough. Ten days, I, I can't do it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like a month on, a month off, I can't do it just yeah, because of the poor fact. wife. I know, exactly. <laughs> I mean, she can't She can't do it, yeah. you know. I mean, and, and she's, a, she's a great mom, but, I mean, nobody can. You're outnumbered, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like our bass player, Mitch, just had a baby, what, last week? And he's back on the road with us this weekend. Really? Yeah. It's hard, man, especially when they're that age, too, because, like, it's just it's constant. You know, you're just not the most important thing, but it's what feeds us, you know. Yeah. And so that's, you know, we, we you know, my wife works, but but I am the major source of income. And so if I, you know, I, my time off is is great and I'm, I'm proud of it, but I can't have too much of it. You know, yeah. I can't have a month of it. Yeah. So you only get to go hunting once. I know. Yeah, I get one shot every deer season. I get. I mean, I, in fact, what, I want to say like the first year that Drew was born, I had a had a big turkey season. I went a bunch, and like by April thirtieth, it was like, oh no, we're in the red. You know what I mean? So I, I mean, I've kind of learned my lesson there. But my dad was like that. You know, he was a forester, and and granted, he had you know he had a little bit of an end because he worked outdoors, but. Um, he would take, he would save up his vacation in the first week of, you know, the, he would take the whole vacation first week of turkey season. So, and then the rest he would, you know, go when he could. And so I, you know, I do that, but it, this is a good job to do that kind of stuff. Like the outdoor world is pretty symbiotic with the country music, strangely enough, like, you know, for obvious reasons, but, but relationship wise, it's a really cool kind of cross pollination. You know what I mean? To, to, you know, well, like, you know, we did that country outdoors thing. Yeah. I mean, like, that, that, yeah, that works, was cool. you know. That yeah. was the first time we ever fumbled through uh, 100 miles high. It sure together. was. That's right. I think I messed up. Uh, I think I messed up, too. Yeah. It's got a lot of different, like, slight changes in it. Yeah, the, the, the cadence of those lyrics But the recording sounds great. Yeah, good. Yeah. 
The recording sounds great. That's all we need. I think it sounds yeah. good, too. I think it'll be cool to eventually, you know, once we get that song out, man, get some shows together again. You know? I'd love to do it, man. That'd be great. I mean, I'll do it anytime. I'll come yeah. out. I'll sing Dick Down Dallas. We don't give a shit. <laughs> Let's yeah, go. I'll do it. Dude, Play Adam, on Dick Adam Down Hood Dallas. singing Dick Down Dallas would, like, make my whole did, career. Did you, did you see his dance on Instagram? I saw a picture of you with your guitar and you're just hunching on yeah. the way you were. <laughs> yeah. I told Brittany, I said, look at this. Yeah. I'm going to see him tomorrow. You're like, you, that's <laughs> who I'm going to hang out with. Get you one of them foam single again, middle fingers. One of them kiss my ass goodbyes. You wave it around with the boys. Get that. That's a good idea. That's cool. Oh, yeah. man. That's funny. Yeah, old Hunchy. He's yeah. hunching over <laughs> on his guitar. So we do you, have some shirts over here that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so do you plan to, uh, uh, when do you plan to put out this record? Do you have a date on it yet or September no? 16th, yeah. Okay, so Let's we know. For September 16th, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. When's it going to be up for uh, pre-order and pre-save and all that? I do you think know? so. We're, we're doing one more single. I think we're going to do it the 22nd. And I, I, I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that that's when we're going to sort of start the pre-orders. Okay. But we may not. I, I think we're a little bit behind the eight ball. And so instead of, it, you know, we may just give it one month worth of pre-orders, you know, just. And I think that sort of. That may operate a little bit better in my world because one month of impulsive pre-orders may... Now, may. we don't have a ton of viewers here, mm -hmm. but everybody that watches this show is a diehard. That's awesome. So, y'all be sure to follow Adam and... Please. And, and uh, pre-save pre-save and pre-order his album when it comes out. It's probably yep. going to be, what, like 12 bucks on Good iTunes? Question. Yeah, I don't know. Probably I would assume. Yeah. There's no, nothing you can't afford, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, two cups of coffee. Yeah, two cups Chipotle of Starbucks tomorrow. coffee. Yeah. Starbucks, yeah. Just skip Starbucks. Starbucks <laughs> two, two, for two, two gallons of diesel. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We want to see that man. thing go number one, baby. I do. I wanna, I'd love to see that happen. I mean, if, if there was a record that deserved to really kind of soar, this would be the one. Yeah. You know? Are you touring a lot here lately or not really? Or? Kind of, it's not really touring as much as it is just playing, playing shows. shows. That's yeah. what I always say. I don't say we tour because like, we go out every weekend, but it's not like. That's not touring. It is, but it's not. You yeah. Know? I mean, there's like, I consider touring like you. You're gone for a month. Yeah. Or two. So I'm probably three. never tour. Yeah. But I'll always play. Playing yeah. shows. But we yeah. have like, you know, and even that like with CD release shows, man, I've never had like, my luck with CD release stuff has always been, you, you kind of set yourself up for failure that way, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've got shows that are kind of in and around. Well, September 16th, like that's that's Americana Fest. Yeah. And so like, I'm going to be in town. P perfect timing. Yeah, perfect yeah. timing. I don't know that we even intended on it to be that way, but nonetheless, it How is. How weird has it been transitioning from... Because you sold CDs back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. Still I mean, ordering CDs. Still CDs and vinyl still in Americana. The fans world. will buy them. Right. Absolutely. Still. Because yeah. it's cheaper than vinyl. And, and I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like vinyl is pretty high maintenance. But, yeah, they just buy it. They buy it the same way they'll buy a koozie. You know what I mean? Like and, they'll have you, and they'll have you sign it after the show. Yeah, it's just something. I mean, but I guess. It's just a, it, it's a, it's an, an avenue of support, which is really nice. Because they don't even, most people don't even have an, a, a way to play a CD yeah. anymore. But they'll still buy they'll it. They'll still buy it to have it. I mean, I know when I was a kid, I used to just, like, look through the pamphlets and everything. I know. know. And, like. The artwork that was a whole thing. I guess more of what I'm saying. How how weird has it been? You've been playing music for how long now? Gosh, thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. How 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 has it been? So like watching it all change. It's know? been really interesting, and you know, for for all for everything that's kind of been upended, it really is nice to have like unlimited access to like 
I mean, man, I can go find Delbert and Glenn. You know, mm-hmm. I can go find I can go find Rhythm Aces songs that I've that I would have never heard. You know what I mean? You like, don't have a CD book in your car. You're like I don't have to go to down like to go Radio through, Shack and spend twelve dollars yeah. to, to buy something just because I want to hear Night yeah. Moves. You go know to Tower I mean? Records and wait and dig yeah. through the bin and hope that they have it. That's right. Yeah, maybe this one will be on sale. And yeah, I mean, yeah. so it like that's the beauty in it. Like everything. Number one, everything is is at your fingertips. Number two. It's the, the the process. It's it's kind of level the playing field as far as that goes. Like it's cheap to make a record. Number mm-hmm. one, you can make a record. You and I could make a record. Mm-hmm. You know, very easily. There was a time when you know you you had to have a record label to make a record, and you know so that's that you can do that. You can do it in a studio or you can do it in your garage. You know, and, and so and you can take that that record that you did in your garage. And you can load it up to Spotify, and you're off to the races. Like, you don't need the radio guy playing your song. You can. Have I mean, it's it great to have it, you know. But, but, but at but the same can, time, it's none of that's necessary. None yeah, of it. Is. Anybody can access it anywhere. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's. I mean, that in itself is. I mean, it really. It's. It's. And granted, I. You know, I. I heard same thing. I heard people talk about how it kind of. It. You know. It. It's affected the value of music. Yeah, it has. Yeah. But I mean, what's the value of music been? You know what I mean? You know, yeah. it was a number one with four hundred thousand dollars in '95 or whatever. You know, but I mean, was it really? And that's you know? too like another thing that kind of like <laughs> not chaps my ass, but it's like, you know, it's like I'm an independent artist, you know, but it's like we're not really independent artists. We have a team of. You know, we're basically operating like a small label. You know, I got Bonner over here doing stuff. I got my manager yeah. doing stuff. You know, I have Texas like, Radio. I have Americana Radio. Yeah. I have a publicist. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, a com- I mean, same thing like you're talking about. Like, I'm a comp- I am own my own record label. I'm on publishing now. You know, but I mean, everything is in-house, but everything is kind of subcontracted. I, yeah. like, I can't do that myself. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's a lot of things I can do myself, but but just because I can do it doesn't mean I want to. Like, yeah, like I don't want to produce my own records. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't feel the need to have that kind of control. I like being able to go in and work with other people. I want someone else's perspective. Yeah, you know. I mean, exactly. I, it, it it never. It's never served me wrong. Yeah. You know. It's like I. You know. It's like I have just like a team of people around me to do this or to do that, so I can focus on recreating that to be able to do it. Cause I'm always thinking, you know, okay, I know I'm going to go in in December and I mean, January, I'm right. cutting a full record. I'm, right. I want to put out a record. I want to get in record world, but like, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do after that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I already have, I got like 20 songs in the tank that I haven't even put out yet, you know, but it's like, I'm always thinking, but the people that are around me that I've surrounded myself with that work for me or, you know, work with me, um, allow me to do those kind of things because without them, I can't do that. Right? You know exactly. Yeah, it gives you it gives you the freedom, and you know there are just people that are smarter than you when it comes to stuff like that. There are people that understand how TikTok works better than me. There are people <laughs> that understand how the whole monetization thing works. There are people that understand algorithms and they you know what i mean there there are people that are experts at this and i don't have time in my day to figure that stuff out and therefore because i don't have time in my day to figure that stuff out i do i have to figure it out the hard way which is that now that really sucks because you got that's going back and redoing and undoing and and unlearning and all that stuff and i just rather you know it's a it's a small amount to to sort of put it in the right hands, and I just rather do it that right. way. You know, right. it's necessary. Even as an independent artist, you'd never. No man is an island. And I mean, it's you know, it's an and just for the listener. I know there's a lot of independent artists that listen to this. 
you know, I mean, everything that I'm doing now and everything you're doing now it was a gradual thing. It didn't, didn't just happen overnight. Right. There was a time where we were doing it all. Right. You know, when there was no manager or anything like that. Um, oh, those were rough days, though. Golly, golly. <laughs> I was looking. I had a Facebook memory come up the other day. It was, uh, I sold my Honda Civic. For $500, I sold some other odd end shit just so I could come up here to Nashville and record one song. What wow. song was it? Whiskey Missed Me. Oh, shit. Which just is, is that a million streams? Just now? hit a million streams. Wow, look at that. Yeah. 2018. It was the day that the uh, solar eclipse happened. Really? We uh, did it at um, Benchmark with Chris Utley. That's where we cut up. And I'm writing with Chris Utley tomorrow, so it's like full circle. Oh, yeah, it is full circle. Yeah. We did Welcome to the Big World at, at Benchmark. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a great There's a, a great, great room, studio. great yeah. sounds. What else, man? You got anything else exciting coming down the pipe? Man, just this record. Yeah. You know, just, just yeah. plugging away and just doing this thing. And, and you know, like I said, I get that a different groove thing is going to be pretty cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it was a it was a bit of a ballsy move to, to do it. I mean, it had, you know, it had a lot to do with, with – owning masters and, and just, you know, just need a fresh coat of paint. And, and I, Gordy and them, they had this, they had this place called the finishing room in Austin and it's a house. And so they have one house where the studio is and the other house is, is where you go stay. And I went, I went to, I went to write with Gordy and we got to talking about it. And then, is and he in the band of heathens or he, he yeah. Okay. Gordy and Ed are the, are the I band do. of heathens. Okay. And so, um, but Jason Edie made his last record there and, just the just the tone of Jason's voice was was as good as it's ever been, and it was one of those things where yeah, I mean you know he's one of my best friends. I, I I've listened to enough of his records to be able to go, wow, this is really good, mm -hmm. and it was and it was good enough to where I kind of pursued it, and this this thing came up and you know with this different groove thing and and you know we got to talking about you know we we put forth the effort to try, to try to create new fans and, and get new relationships with people but you don't really service the old ones and service is a shitty word for it but you don't really you know people that like i mean there's a whole different demographic of people that don't want to hear anything but million miles away yeah. you know they don't want to hear anything but 22 days they don't care what i've put out since then. how about parker mccollum i know right Dude, that's pretty that cool. cool and you know i wrote with Corey smith two days before that and so you know I, Corey said, he said, man, we're playing with Parker McCollum. I was like, okay, well, I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll come out and see you. And, and so I didn't even expect to really see Parker. I've mm -hmm. done a couple of shows with him, but, you know, we're, we're, we're well acquainted, but, um, I mean, that was really awesome. That was awesome. You know? Yeah. For those you don't know, I guess Parker had you out. And, uh, we went to see him in Albertville and, and I, you know, talked to him for a second and, uh, and he was like, man, I wish you could do a song with this. And I said, well, I mean, you know, what covers do you do? And they, I think they do like a George Strait song. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I said, well, I don't know that one. And so he said, man, he said, I said, I know me you're miles away. And, and that was it. And so, you know, 10 minutes later, his tour manager walked up and said, come back on the bus. Uh, Parker wants to talk to you. And, uh, I mean, you know, we kind of ran through the song and I mean, the, you know, the dude knows every word to the song. You know, dude, it was one of those. Cool it was really cool. The same thing, like it, you're talking about. It was just probably grew it was, up on it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's really neat to sort of to be in those shoes now to be able to say, okay, I can I can credit myself for all that of shit being I did. Into it. Yeah, 
Wasn't for nothing. That's right. It, it, it's it's helping kind of guide people's careers, you know. And I mean, the care that I put into my music is 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 helping people care about theirs because he sounds great, man. Dude, he and sounds I mean, great. He should cut that fucking song. I think one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think I think we're writing at the end of August, which is really cool. Hell yeah. So yeah, he's a good writer too, dude. The he put this song out uh, called Hold, uh, Hold Me. Uh, it's like hold me back or something, but mm. it's just him and Tony Lane, fifty fifty. I mean, what a great writer! You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, Tony's a, just a. But if you can monster. go in with Tony Lane fifty fifty and write a badass song, then you're not just a fucking Nashville artist. Yeah. You're a fucking good song. You're a good songwriter, too. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I don't, I can't say that I would get the same thing if I walked I mean, out of there. Man, I, you know? you know, Tony and David Lee used to write. I, I, I went, I went and wrote with them one time. They, they used to write every Tuesday, and I guess David lives in Texas now, but, um. I don't remember the song that we wrote, which yeah. means it must have sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I probably obviously didn't participate, you know, so. <laughs> Sometimes it just it happens like that, man. Well, I get a little starstruck. I mean, with something like that, you know, like with, with Chris, that was a pretty intimidating time. And, you know, there's been there have been a couple of people where it's like, man, I'm really nervous right now, you know. Yeah. Are, there, are there any young writers that you're writing with right now that you're like, this guy or this girl's? Got got some good stuff. Like they have some potential to be something. I mean, I, I you know I think you can vouch for the fact that I think Ella Langley is going to be the next oh, star. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Alabama baby, yeah, Bama versus everybody. I, we, we we're having our turn. I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, I went yeah. and saw her. She opened for Laney in Tuscaloosa a couple of weeks ago, and I I went and saw her, and I didn't I I didn't realize that she that she has the charisma on stage that she does. Oh, she's a badass. She owns it, man. Yeah. And and so, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think she's going to be. I mean, I always future. feel weird for saying this because Ella's like my little sister, yeah, but yeah. she is the triple threat. She's beautiful. She can sing and she can ride her ass yeah. off. She can do go. all three. And she, you know, she's there. I think Kylie Fry's going to be huge. Same thing. I mean, yeah. Kylie's got a good head she on her that. shoulders. She's pretty. She's, yeah. you know, I mean, she's, she's Reba McIntyre, basically, mm -hmm. you know. And so, I mean, I think especially... Especially now, the women that are that are coming up in country music are are, the, are a, a, a powerhouse. We, yeah. we, we were just we just did a show with Tracy Lawrence and Lainey Wilson, and Lainey watching Lainey on stage is talk about those those women yeah. that are coming up. Yeah, I got and to, dude. I got to meet Tracy Lawrence. Did you? I got to go on his bus. <laughs> Was that cool? Meet the real T.L. <laughs> <laughs> the real T.L. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a fake one. You know, I got to meet him. <laughs> the imposter. Your second. Your but second he has a podcast. He's gonna have me on. I think he's gonna come on ours. So. Really? Yeah. It's cool. It was cool. So y'all are pals. I didn't realize. I didn't realize how many hits he had. Yeah. Alibis. Texas tornado. I mean hits. Yeah, you don't hits. realize that until I remember I saw Earl Thomas Connolly play at a at um at Green Hall and same thing like like dude he's awesome he's I awesome love his music. and I just didn't realize like it's like bam 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 like Clay Walker same thing I mean he's one of those guys I mean of course Tritt's like that you know but everybody knew how how yeah. popular Travis was oh yeah let's talk about that okay yeah Adam Hood had some Travis Tritt cuts uh three of them three of them one oh, yeah. of them was the title track on that new yeah. record yeah. oh man. That that was probably the single most cool opportunity that I ever had. Because, yeah. man, I mean, Travis was, I mean, that was 89 to 91. Like, that was that was when I was getting my feet on the ground. That was when I was learning. I play an old guitar from Yeah, man, all that stuff. I'm yeah. going to be somebody. And yeah. all, man, just the, <laughs> all that stuff. I mean, from th that first record was It's All About to Change. And then the, to 10 Feet Tall and Bulletproof, that was, that was the last record I really got into. And, I mean... He was the guy that, you know, I was really into Garth Brooks like everybody else was. I was into Clint Black, 
Um, but Travis, Travis didn't have, he didn't wear a hat. And he also, you know, he, he, he wasn't, you know, Clint, Clint's kind of on the swing side of things. You know, Garth Brooks kind of, you know, credits himself for being like George Strait and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's cowboys, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not a cowboy. And yeah. Travis was was my guy, you know. The blues man. Yeah, and I went and saw him, you know, I saw him play. I mean, that was the first time I ever heard anybody like do night moves. I mean, he he introduced me to Seeger. He introduced me to Steve Earle. Like, I got into other people's music through Travis. Because of him. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. And now and you so, have songs that he's going to oh, put Oh, man, out. dude. I went that's to his, crazy. like, Brent and I went to his house. I spent three days just, you know, like going to his house and writing and just – I mean, it was like the lottery, you know. I yeah. mean, it was it was like I was like a contest winner just to meet the guy, much less just to go write, like write a song with him. Much less three, much less three that he recorded. Much less one. The, and he's a badass time. too. Like a lot of those hits back <clears throat> in the day, he wrote like by himself. By right? himself, yeah, yeah. He wrote them by himself, and he said the same thing. He, you know, number one, he's never lived in Nashville. Number two, he said that that you know he that all those songs. Here's a quarter, uh, you know, help me hold on. Like he said, man, he said I walked around with all those songs in a briefcase and and went to every label and every publisher in Nashville, and everyone told me no, everybody, you know. So crazy. he's had his time there. You know, he he pounded pavement and worked hard and you know and, and did his thing. But I mean, yeah, just man, I just I can't say enough about what a, two of our buddies work for him. Who's that? Uh, Dawson Edwards and Caleb Conradi. Oh really? Yeah, Dawson does like drum, drum tech. tech and uh and then Caleb's Caleb assistant production manager. Assistant tour manager. Oh wow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean they they've got great things to say, <laughs> yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean he's just you know, you know how it is. You can you, you can judge character enough to where you know when somebody's bullshitting you and yeah. he's just not a bullshitter, man. I mean no. he's, he's, everything that he says is genuine. When he yeah. when he says it he means it. <laughs> Always returns text messages, you know. I mean I can't say that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was I great. Say that. <laughs> I mean, doing better than me. You yeah. know? How many unread texts do you have in your phone <laughs> right now? I mean, oh. you got to realize Adam Hood, he's kind of like me. I mean, I've had the same number since I was 13. Correct. That's yeah. right. So yep. you've probably had the same number since. Dude, I just called it when I called him downstairs. Same number. As we're going up, he was saving my number right then. Yeah. So. I'll call you. I'll be text messaging you. Yeah. Hey, man. Oh, yeah. Hey, absolutely. Hey, hey, you're enjoying Going it. back to Selma, Tally Ho. Ten forty eight. I've been to all those places too. So ten forty eight. You you were there. That's a late night joint too, isn't it? Absolutely. Supper club played it. Played it all right. Right. Right before I joined with Trey. Is that yeah. right? Who were you? Were you playing it by yourself? Or you um, you playing Joey Gettings at the time at Supper Club is like right as they were tearing it down. Oh yeah. And then uh, saw Rick Carter there a lot. Tally Ho the same way. Yeah. So you know the Tally Ho is that in Selma? Yeah. He's, yeah. You the, played the, there. The tally. Was it called Warren's before? Was that Warren's? Or um, was Warren's another place? That's uh, that's downtown by the bridge. Where's the tally ho? It's uh, off of I think Magnum Avenue. Oh yeah, Wait, oh, we've been in there. I think yeah. I had the steak one night. Uh, and uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and Louis Flournoy was playing in there. Yeah, Louis, man, Louis came yeah. on the road and played bass with yeah. us for a little while. Did he? Yeah, he did. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you left his blood pressure medicine at home, and we had a we had a we had a tough night. And I always tell, I always, <laughs> oh, shit. I always spoke with Lane and say, "Dude, your dad's way cooler than you are." I mean, kind of. <laughs> he yeah, really is. Yeah, I, he mean, is. I yeah. know. <laughs> Lane's chilled out though, man. Lane's become cool. He's cool. Once yeah. he told everybody about as one testicle on the internet. That's it right. Yeah, he became human. That's right. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's a chink in your yeah. armor there. I don't, yeah. know, I don't even know if I know that story. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> Uno, man. He had testicular cancer. Oh, no shit. But here's the I irony. Wasn't. I think they just had another baby. So, I mean, yeah. obviously that one I mean, that is like a powerhouse. Yes, like a Cyclops. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cyclops. <laughs> How old were you when you met Lane? 
Oh man. I want to man, you know, here's here's what's funny. I I remember being 17 and sending press packages to Zydeco. This mm-hmm. was before Lane. I I think I met Stephen Lane. Stephen Knight was probably owned, owned it then. Probably yeah. then, yeah. But but we when we played there, Josh still owned it. And so uh Ryan Gardenhire was my manager for a while. So Ryan hooked us up with that place and it was this was before um, Josh moved to exit. Like, I think he had part of exit in, but was really like he owns Idaho. And so I met Lane through Josh. And then when Lane bought it, I mean, we just kind of, you know, I mean, I think the world of him. We talk yeah. to each other a lot. Same yeah. thing, just like you're talking about. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that really, you know, he, he means what he says, and when he says, you know, I'll do whatever I can for and you. And he cares, man. He, he does. does. What you just said, I'll do whatever I can for you. And he, he does, does, yeah. He, does. he puts rubber to road. There's not he a lot did, of guys that do that. He did one, you know, before any of my stuff happened, he always was trying to get get me on opportunities. Well, we did that 65 South Fest together. That was a great That was a great thing, that you was, know. It was me, you, Tyler Reeve, Murphy Elmore, Muscadine, and then Riley, and that was right before. Oh R- wow, that's right. That was right before Riley Green just exploded, like right after that. He Tyler Braden was on it as well. Was it? Jasper oh, yeah. and Tyler. Yeah, didn't he uh, also tell us that night that uh, we played Zydeco, or at least you played Zydeco more than any other artist? Yeah, downstairs. Really? Yeah, yeah, you count everything. Oh, the okay. downstairs. You do got me beat. <laughs> yeah. I didn't play. I played downstairs some. I didn't play it all that much. We I, did our show down there one time. You did. Me and you. Our show. Oh yeah, that's right. We yeah. played down there. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever take a band down there? I don't yeah, think I, we had a band. You? you had your three piece. And we sure did. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. I think I did a Southern Brothers show down there one time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah we did. Do always, every time we got moved downstairs, I'm like, fuck, we didn't sell enough. Yeah. Who, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've obviously pissed somebody yeah, off. We've yeah. Somebody <laughs> off. But it did feel good to go back there in December, you know, and sell it out. I bet. And then it felt good to go play Iron City and not play Zydeco. Yeah. That felt good. Sorry, we can't make it this time. Yeah. We've we obviously have too large of a crowd. Yeah. For this. Yeah. <laughs> but I always I was. At, Lane, since Lane doesn't own Zydeco anymore, I always say that uh, we should. Now that Lane's not there, we should go back there and just not play Iron City and just do three nights at Zydeco. Right, just do a Would weekend. Do yeah, just do a weekend. Then. I'd do it. Yeah, I started eight o'clock too. Yeah, because he don't ever like that. Was you know it's like when you start eleven, and my wife's like, our friends are going to leave. They're all going to leave. My friends are leaving. <laughs> they got kids to get yeah, home to. That's right. Babysitters, babysitters, yeah, babysitters off the uh, clock. I'll never forget one night you were playing at Zydeco. I don't know if you were opening or what you were doing, or maybe do you do like an acoustic break during your set or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was this guy. <laughs> no, no, it was for the Dark Horses thing. I, his name's Hoss or Huck or something like that. Oh yeah, he yeah. was like it's my, he's talking about his wife's ring. He this ring like, costs more than your guitar. <laughs> Dude, you were not having it. You were pissed. You, I mean, you did a good job of like playing it off. But I could just tell, like, damn, he's just ready to just. He's go one home. of those guys that, like, that that for every time he does that shit to me, yeah, he says the kindest things in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, like he's really like a sweet fan. He's a nice guy, but God, he, he likes to get belligerent. If you put him out in public, you, you're screwed. You yeah, know what I mean? He like, came to our. We played a show oh, over God. there at. Uh, Gray Bar on 280 one night, and he came out there, and Charles Barkley was in there, and he was doing the same shit to us. It was oh, funny. man. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. That rain calls more than your guitar. Well, you're probably right. <laughs> <but> just... <laughs> you got to keep her, though. The ring's not as important as keeping her. I still got this guitar. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's still married. <laughs> that's really funny. 
Well, man, thanks for coming on today. Dude. Thanks for having me. Great. One more time. When's your album dropping? September 16th. September 16th. Album comes out. New single will and be out July 22nd. Then we're going to release one more in August. And then we're doing September 16th for the record. Awesome. So y'all be sure to go follow Adam. Where do they find you? Adam Hood Music? AdamHood.com. AdamHood.com. Yeah, that's all so like cool. that's all the social media. That's all your socials on mm-hmm. there. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, brother. Thanks Appreciate for having it, man. me, man. Peace out. Thank y'all for watching episode 13. Yeah. Nice. the DM Monday podcast, please subscribe. Um, if you're listening, just remember that these things are videoed and they're on YouTube. So And they are fun. Go watch them. I wore shorts today so you can see my legs. Yeah. See other things right. too. Yeah, oh yeah. Other things. The, too. Bumps, yeah. Yeah. the, f- the FUPA. The FUPAs. Yeah. FUPAs all around. All right, we're out of here. Peace out. Thank y'all. My ex came over last night. We both Right back at it like nothing happened My ex came over